0: You're listening to a sermon from crcculliman.org. Awesome. Thanks, guys. How are you? I feel right at home here. (laughs) I would be in our afternoon service at 3 o'clock in Innisfail right now. But it would be much warmer. (laughs) We're right on the river, on the North Johnson River, in a rowing club, and we have a nice set of windows overlooking the window, overlooking the river, Sorry, and uh, we've got to turn church the other way, because when I preach, everybody's looking at the river and waiting for a crocodile to go past, so uh, I'd lose them, so that's where I'd be right now, so uh, I feel right at home. We've got a bunch of people, it's just a young church, um, but we have people coming to support us from other churches, not just CRC. We have the Baptists supporting us, have the CAC supporting us, we have the AAG supporting us, uh, as well as the CRC in Cairns. So, uh, yeah, we enjoy the support from other churches. They still belong to those churches, but they come along and bless us. They're just like they're on loan for us. So that's really, really good. Anybody been up to Cairns? Yeah, a few people. A lot of people go up there on holiday and we, uh, we're blessed. Quite a few drop in on us and uh, have a cup of coffee with us while they're holidaying, so that's really good. We're a long way away, but we don't seem to be uh, isolated. Our nearest church actually is in Papua New Guinea, a place called Taruba is our nearest church. Uh, much closer than, uh, uh, well, that's only 800 Ks, I think. So what are we here, about 3,000 we worked out through? So, yeah, we're a long way away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, praise the Lord. We're going to get into the Word of God. If you've got your Bibles, Matthew chapter 8. So if you're from... Uh, Narendra this morning, you'll get a different message, but hopefully it will flow on a little bit from where we were this morning. But Matthew chapter 8 is a centurion and gives us a great revelation of what he understood about Jesus. Matthew chapter 8 verse 7 to 9. Verse 5, he, he came to Jesus and asking for help, he said, Lord, my servant lies at home paralysed and in terrible suffering. Verse 7, Jesus said, well, I will go and heal him. But let's have a look at the, at the centurion's response. He replied, Lord, I don't deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. And so he stumbled across something here, of an understanding of who Jesus is. So Jesus, I know who you are because of my own experience. I'm a soldier. I'm a commanding soldier. And uh, he said there in the following verses, I tell this soldier to go and he goes. I tell this one to come and he will come. They hear my words and obey my command. And so Jesus, I understand who you are. You are the Lord of creation. I know who you are and I know you're on a whole different level to me. I'm, I'm in the natural. I speak to people naturally and they obey me naturally. But Jesus, you're on a different level. I know that if you say the word, my servant at home is going to be healed. Lord, all you need to do is say the word. Just like I say the word in the natural, you say the word in the spiritual realm and things happen. Things change because you're the Lord of creation. All creation obeys you when you speak. And so he understood that the word of Jesus was powerful, was effective, and that all he needed to do was speak. Don't come under my roof, don't come to my house, there's no need for it, just say the word. So I want us to dive into this a little bit today, that the word of God is powerful and living and active. And it's very effective. And I want to look at the realm of the Word of God. Uh, We understand this is the Word of God. We understand that Jesus is the living Word of God. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. The Word was God. And then the Word became flesh. John 1.14 says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us for a while so that Jesus is the living Word. And, of course, the disciples recorded what he said. And wrote it down, uh, the authors of the Gospels and then Paul and Peter uh, and James, uh, they put the word in writing. And we have it in the writing, we call it the Bible. And we know uh, that the scripture, it's one of the tenets of our faith, one of the foundations uh, of what we believe, that the word of God is the inspiration of God. We're going to read that. So let's go there in... uh, now here we go. 2 Timothy 3.15. I just want to lay a little bit of groundwork to where we're headed today. 2 Timothy 3.15. Talking about from infancy, this is Timothy. Having known the holy scriptures which were able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Now verse 16. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So that we know that the word of God is, is effective for equipping, for training, uh, for instructing, uh, and so on. So I don't necessarily want to look at that part, but the first part, all Scripture is God-breathed. And that is foundation to who we are as a church. It is is in our charter of faith that all Scripture is God-breathed. It's the inspiration of God. Uh, All Scripture, whatever is written in here, is under the inspiration of God. Uh, And God has said it. And what it means there is is God breathed. It's talking about the breath. Uh, God breathed meaning that God has spoken it with his breath and that this word that we have in writing is as if God's breath is still on it, that he's just spoken it. So this, this is the inspiration of God, that when you read it, when you speak it, when you go through and study, it's like God's breath is still on it. It's fresh. It's like he's speaking it to you right now. So it's not just ink on paper. It's becoming a living word. It's becoming a spoken word. And you're hearing my voice right now. You're, you're, we know each other by our voice, don't we, right? You, you, before you see somebody, if they're talking, you know who it is. You recognise them by their voice, by their tone, uh, by, by how they speak, the kind of words that they use, uh, whether they talk fast or slow, whether they've got a high voice or a deep voice or whatever. You recognise somebody by their voice uh, and their voice is given, uh, we know this, through the, the wind or the air passing through the vocal cords and it's a natural thing that the air is in there and without air you can't talk, can you? Is that right? You need the wind, you need the air, you need to breathe to be able to talk. If you're not breathing, you're not talking. <laughs> it's not going to work. You need the breath, the wind to talk. And so when, when it says here, Paul is saying to Timothy, the all scripture is God breathe, it's God's breath speaking the words. It's God's wind, if you like. He is speaking it personally. And we know it's his word because we can understand and recognise God's voice. But, you know, th- this, this is the amazing thing that I want us to come and to understand. We all have a different voice. We recognise by the tone, the character and how we speak. Uh, we know each other as different to one another. But, you know, even though our voices are different, that we are all using the same breath to speak. It's the same wind. I haven't got different breath to you. You haven't got different breath to me. In fact, if we're in this room long enough, we're all going to breathe the same air. That's a horrible thought, isn't it? (laughs) The breath that you're breathing right now, I probably will be breathing in 10 minutes' time. And likewise, what I'm breathing right now, (laughs) that's a horrible thought, isn't it? It's the same breath. It's not a different breath. And the reason why I'm saying this is that the scripture, the Bible's written by many different authors, isn't it? Like it's not just written by one person. You've got Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. You've got Luke who's written Acts and then you've got Paul with all the New Testament letters and then you've got Moses in the Old Testament and so on. So it's written by many different authors. There's many different voices in the Word of God, but there's only one breath, and that's the Holy Spirit. There's only one breath that is breathed, and that is why we say that the Word of God is the inspiration of God. It's the same breath that is spoken, even though there's different voices. All right, So we're going to investigate that a little bit more. The same breath, and of course, if you understand that uh, the Holy Spirit, the word pneuma, which is spirit, means wind or breath. So it's, a, it's a, not only the meaning of spirit, it is actually a picture of the Holy Spirit, the wind, being the wind, the wind of God or the breath of God. So the Holy Spirit is the breath. And we know that, uh, let's say for example, in the beginning uh, God created the heavens and the earth. and and the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the deep, right? The Holy Spirit was there at the beginning, hovering over the face of the deep, so that when God spoke his word, let there be light, bam, there was light, because the breath was there, the Spirit of God. And it affected that uh, light, it came into existence, because the Holy Spirit was there. So that when God is speaking, it's the Holy Spirit speaking that. The Holy Spirit giving it the breath, giving it uh, the form, if you like, so that we can hear it. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. So just keep in mind, many different voices, but one breath. Just keep that in mind, all right? Different voices, but one breath. If we go to Hebrews verse chapter 4, verse 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitude of the heart. So we understand that the word of God is powerful. It's living. It can go deep. It can penetrate deep within your heart. It can go deep within your soul. It can go deep within your emotions so it can penetrate. It's not just the ears that are hearing. That it goes deep down inside, that the internal part of us can hear it, can feel it, it can go down in there and sort out all that stuff that's going on inside, so it's powerful to do that. But it says there that the Word of God is living and active, two words, living. Now, what is a living being? Well, you're alive today because what? You're breathing. Yeah? That's how we tell. (laughs) You're breathing. If, if, if somebody's unconscious, what's the first thing you go and do? You check their pulse and they're breathing. And so if they're not breathing, it's, it's a fair chance they probably are not living. All right? So we need to give CPR and all that sort of thing. So living, the word of God is living. It has breath. It has breath. It's alive. Then the second word, it's, it's active. So it's one thing to be alive, it's another thing to be active, right? So sometimes we, we're alive, we're breathing, but that's about it. We need to get some action, some activity going, get some energy going. So the next word active actually is energes or energets, which is where we get the word energy from, having energy. So this, the, the word of God is, is alive and it's got energy. It's active. It's moving. It can do stuff. It's not just alive, it can do stuff. It can accomplish things. So the Word of God is living and active. And the reason why it's living and active is because of the Holy Spirit, the one breath. So that today, I'm sharing with you the Word of God, the written Word of God, and it's my voice could be another person's voice, but just for now, it's my voice, all right? But it's the one spirit that makes it alive to you. It is the Holy Spirit that brings the energy to my voice. It's the Holy Spirit that brings the life and causes it to be active. So when I speak, I'm very aware that it's my voice, it's my mind, it's my heart, it's my thoughts... It's my uh, understanding that forming the words that I understand in the written words, so I'm, I'm giving some words to you with my voice, but then the Holy Spirit gets a hold of it. So my one message now comes into 20 or 30 messages. Whoever's listening, whoever's there that has the Holy Spirit, whoever is there listening with an open heart is hearing a message from, not me, but the Holy Spirit. He's causing it to be active to you. And that is got energy, got life for you. And the beautiful thing about that, the Holy Spirit knows you, I do not. He knows about you. He knows who you are. He knows what you're going through. He knows the struggles you had before you even got here today. He knows everything about you. So the Word of God that I'm speaking, I'm giving to my understanding, but something happens on a greater level than the natural that the Holy Spirit gets a hold of it and suddenly it's a message personal to you that I know nothing about. Isn't that cool? The Word of God is living and active to you because He's giving it breath, He's giving it life and He's giving it energy so that it can actually accomplish something in you. Isn't that cool? Hallelujah? Amen? You with me? Yeah, okay. Now that's all foundational to where I want to go, all right? To what I want to share with you. The Word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word of God became flesh. You could say, well, he certainly was in the flesh. Uh, When Jesus was on earth, but he's not on earth anymore. So you could say the word of God became flesh, the written word. All right? Became, there's the evidence. Uh, Flesh is evidence, isn't it? It's evident that I'm here because you can see my flesh. If I had no flesh, then you say, whoa, whoa, whoa," a ghost. Spirit being. There's no evidence. I can hear something, but I can't see anything. You know? So there's evidence. The word became, uh, Jesus is the evidence of God. All right? He's the exact representation of God. He, he, he is showing us what God is like. The example. All right? So we've got that in the written word. Now let's just change a little bit and go to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. Now I'm I'm headed somewhere very specific in all of this to share some encouragement with you. 1 Peter chapter 1. No, sorry, 2 Peter chapter 1. Thank you. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 21. Get in the right place, I'll be good. There we go. You could read verse 20. It says, Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but but men spoke from God as though they were carried along or as though they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So the prophecy, meaning the prophets in the Old Testament, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah and so on, the prophets, said they spoke not out of their own interpretation. In fact, they had no clue what they were talking half the time. They were just speaking words that uh, they had some understanding uh, of what they thought it meant, but we know that the fulfilment was far greater than they understood. So they weren't speaking out of their own interpretation or understanding. Uh, We know that they come out of the Holy Spirit and that the origin of it never was with the will of man. So it was not the prophet's own will and purpose in that which they spoke. But those men were carried along by the Holy Spirit. They were carried along. They spoke God's will and word being carried along By the Holy Spirit, even though they didn't understand, even though it wasn't coming out of their own will or out of their own interpretation, but the Holy Spirit took a hold of it, and there it became powerful in its prophetic meaning and application. All right, so carried along by the Holy Spirit. So we have the Word of God, and what I want to share with you today: the Word of God in your mouth is powerful and effective. This is what I want to leave with you. The word of God in your mouth. All right? Now, we, we struggle with us, <laughs> me, <laughs> you. Right? you struggle with you? Who likes to hear your voice when it's recorded and you hear it back and you hear your voice on a recording? You enjoy that? <laughs> no? <laughs> it's all that voice. <laughs> don't like the sound of my own voice. A lot of people don't like to speak through a microphone. Who loves a microphone? You, you go to a party and there's speeches and you try and give somebody who doesn't normally speak, you try and get them to use a microphone. Ooh, nah. <laughs> they don't like the sound of their own voice. So we, we struggle with self. We struggle with our voice. We struggle with the words that we say. We lose confidence in that. So, well, well who am I to speak? So then we'll come to say, well, We need to share the love of God with somebody. We need to share a testimony with somebody or or we need to, you know, testify to the goodness of God. Well, who am I to do that? It's just me. I'm not confident to do that. And we shrink back from it. We don't want to do it. We say, no, 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 we'll let the preacher do that. We'll let those who are confident to do that. But in fact, I want to share with you Your voice is your voice. It's God-given, but it's different to anybody else's voice. Your voice does not matter. It's important, but it does not matter what kind of voice you have. Because the Word of God is not dependent upon your voice. It's not dependent upon your will. It's not even dependent upon your understanding or the interpretation you have on it. Because the Holy Spirit is involved and the moment you speak the Word of God, whether you speak it with confidence, whether you speak it loud or soft, strong or weak, or whether you have any understanding of what you just said, I tell you, the Holy Spirit gets a hold of it, then it becomes living and active and powerful for the other person. And you walk away and say, well, I don't know what just happened there, but that person's just been impacted by what you said. And we don't always understand what just happened. We might come to understand later when they share the words that you spoke, the impact that it had upon them, but it was the activity, the Holy Spirit, your voice, but the one breath that spoke to that person, and that's the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit carries you along as you share uh, whatever it is with, with that person, whatever's in your heart. Now God said to Jeremiah, let's go there, Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah was called when he was very young to be a prophet. In fact, he objected and he said, God, you've got the wrong person. Who am I to speak? I'm just a child. You've got the wrong person. I don't know how to speak. Has anybody been in that position? God, you've got the wrong person. You better use somebody else. Don't look at me. <laughs> I'm not educated enough. Don't look at me. I'm not from the right family. Don't look at me. I haven't got my life together yet. And we all come up with these, these ideas. Well, God, don't use me. Look at somebody else. So this is, this is Isaiah. Isaiah. Verse 6 says, Ah, sovereign Lord, I do not know how to speak. I'm only a child. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I'm only a child. You must go to everyone I send you and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I'm with you. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said, See now, I have put my words in your mouth. Now this is a concept that we need to get a hold of. It's his word in my mouth. It's my mouth that speaks. I am forming the words. I have the little bit of understanding and interpretation that I have. I speak the words out of the tone of my voice. It's out of my own willingness to speak, but it's His Word. His Word in my mouth becomes effective, living and active. His word. Now, the centurion understood that. He said, when I speak to somebody, they jump. But Jesus, when you speak, it has powerful spiritual force. When you speak, the breath of God comes off it. When you speak, I just speak in the natural, and it works in the natural. Soldiers come and go. But you're on a whole different level. When you speak, your words are powerful and effective. Your words will change What's happening in my servant at my house? Even though you're not there. Your words are spiritually powerful and effective. And the centurion understood that. And the word of God in our mouth is no less than what the centurion understood. His word in our mouth, when we speak to a friend, to a neighbor, or a family member, we just share a little bit of a scripture. And we might not even speak it right. We might not even have the right reference to it. But it, it, it goes something like this. And you speak it, and somehow the Holy Spirit gets a hold of it. And man, it becomes powerful, it becomes spiritual, and affects a change in that person's life far beyond the natural. Isn't that cool? So we have that ability. You as a believer, if the Holy Spirit is living in you, you're born again and you have the Holy Spirit. If you're born again, he's living, uh, abiding within you. You have that ability far beyond the natural realm. You're you're on a whole different level now because you have the breath of God within you. You have the Holy Spirit in you. And when you share the word of God, it doesn't have to be with confidence. It's good if it is, but it doesn't have to be. You can just share the little bit you know and give a little bit of a testimony of what you understand and you could even share it with a great deal of shyness, you could be reserved, you could be quiet, it doesn't matter. But the moment the word leaves your mouth, his word in your mouth, the moment it leaves your mouth, it takes on a greater dimension that we'll never fully fathom. Because the Holy Spirit gets a hold of it. He's breathing it. His breath is on it. It is now the inspired word of God. And that person hears it and says, wow. And it does its work. It gains its energy. It's living and active. And it begins to penetrate deep down into that person's heart, into their soul, into their mind. Isn't that exciting? We've got the ability to do that. And this is my encouragement to you to just share what you know. Don't wait until you got your act together. Don't wait until you know the reference and the verse or even got it all off pat that you're saying it right, it doesn't matter. The Holy Spirit's just waiting for a word to come out of your mouth so that he can empower it. Did anybody or does anybody own a slug gun? Used to? Who said that? Where was that? Down the back. Used to. What happened to it? You gave it away. The 90s. Happened. Ah, the 90s. <laughs> you have to register a slug gun, do you? Is that right? I didn't know that. There you go. You know the old pump action? You've got to pump it up. and you put it, The more pumps you put in it, the more it's got, the more power. So it's just got this tiny little... Uh, We call it a slug, I think they call it a pellet, but I don't know how, a little little tiny bullet you put in there. You pump it up, you get the air behind it, it pressurises in the chamber and when you pull the trigger the air is released, poof, it goes out. There's no power in the slug, there's no power in the bullet, it's not the bullet exploding, it's the air behind the slug or the bullet. We used to be really naughty as kids and and, and put a nail through the centre of the slug (laughs) so that it has more impact when it hits the bird or whatever you're shooting. Just a little 20mm, 50mm nail, just bang it through the middle. Uh, When it shoots, it's got the nail that goes boof into the... That's a bit naughty, but anyway. Mum and Dad didn't know we did that. (laughs) Typical kids. But I'm using this as an illustration. This is talking about the word of God in your mouth, your words, it's just like your word has no power, your word is is not the living and active part, it's just the word coming out of your mouth, that's all, it's just a word. The censurian understood, yep, I just speak a word, that's all I do. But when the Holy Spirit gets involved, it's like he's pumping up the slug gun, he's putting pressure in there, and the moment you speak that word, it's like pulling the trigger, the air gets behind that, word, and the Holy Spirit shoots and hits the target and it's got power, it's got energy, and it can penetrate. Although a slug probably doesn't penetrate, it just stings if it hits you. It just hurts. So that's what it's like. The Holy Spirit gets behind the word. It's like a bullet. A bullet in your mouth. The Holy Spirit shoots it out of your mouth and hits the target where he wants to hit. uh, In the hearer's heart or in their mind so that's my encouragement to you today just share the word don't wait to get it right don't wait to be in the right frame of mind don't wait until you think you're spiritual or you've got enough faith all you need is a little bit of courage a little bit of you spit something out and the holy spirit will get a hold of it amen that's all we've got to do it's as simple as that just be willing, have a bit of courage, speak something of the word that you know of. You mightn't understand or how it even applies to that person. Just speak it out. Man, the Holy Spirit gets a hold of it, hits the target. He's good at doing that. He's gifted at doing it. That's what he wants to do. He just needs a word to do it with. The word becoming flesh, if you like, in your mouth. Yeah? Hallelujah. Then it's living and active There's a few more things there I could share, but I think I'll leave it at that. Just a bit of encouragement for you to share the word of God. It is living and active. It's powerful. It penetrates even in your mouth. Coming out of your mouth, it is living and active and powerful. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your word. Thank you that you sent your word to become flesh amongst us, that we could see what you're like, that we could hear very clearly the things that you want to say. We have the parables, we have the teachings of Jesus, we have all the accounts recorded, we have the written word, and we know that it's inspired by you because it's given by the same Holy Spirit. And Lord, I pray for each one of us in in whatever state we are in life. Lord, how we relate to others at work or at home or in in the shops, down the street. Lord, I pray that you give us courage to be able to share something. Just a little word. God loves you. God's in control. God can work it out. God hears your prayer, whatever it might be. So that when we speak, the Holy Spirit can get a hold of that little word and make it powerful. It can really penetrate inside of that other person. Lord, we want to see transformation in other people. Lord, in this community, we want to see transformation. See people coming to you. See people being impacted by what you have to say. We want to be a part of it. And I pray, Lord, that we'd have the courage to have your word in our mouth. Even though we might think we're just a child or not anybody of any significance. Lord, encourage us today, even tomorrow. Lord, if we're going to work tomorrow, going to school tomorrow, if we're going shopping tomorrow. Lord, just to be aware when we might be able to speak that one little word to somebody else. Give us courage. Give us the willingness and the hunger to do that. We thank you now in Jesus' powerful, mighty name. Everybody said? Amen. 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 Well, God bless you. I hope that means something to you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for having me. God bless you. you.